With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sportsbooks. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up. Okay, we're recording? Yep. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. After dark, we're recording very late tonight. After the Leafs game and after Jason's 10 o'clock men's league game. And as always, joined by Josh and Jason. How's it going? What up? Big week. Very eventful week on all fronts. I mean, it seemed like no game ended without a little bit of drama in there. Uh, We're going to get into, so there was Colorado, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Columbus. And we're going to get into some Jason Spezza suspensions right away. We're going to get into the injuries and the impacts of that entails essentially as well as some nhl debuts in there as well and we're gonna be going over all the games too let's get into it jason jason spezza suspended six games by the department of player safety neil pionk related to that incident was suspended for two games for knee on knee hit with rasmus sandin now what are what are the takes what do you guys want to start with where do you want to begin just uh, there's so many ways you can go about it. I'm going to start off with just the suspension itself. <clears throat> it's it's really frustrating watching a guy two weeks ago bite someone and get less games than someone throwing a hit. Essentially, you can say whatever you want about maybe he threw a knee, maybe, but like that's all like that's all semantics, and I, and I, you can't really figure out a player's intention on that play. Brendan Lemieux bit him twice. Yeah, watch it again. It's it's crazy. Like that's. Th- I understand you can you can like like the suspension because it's six games whatever you may think you deserve it, but like the criteria that the player safety goes with it just doesn't make sense to me. There's never any cohesion or or consistency in any of the any of the suspensions they hand out. I think that's the most frustrating part for me. It's like you never know what you're going to get with them. Get and an actual lawyer to run the player, department of player safety. Seriously, like, and, and is there no hockey player ever that has gone on to become a lawyer? No, but they like the guys that used to have running. Like Brian Burke did it mm-hmm. at one point. Like it doesn't have to be a former NHL player, mm-hmm. right? Like, especially especially guys who's, who's a fighter. Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, to me. Exactly. I'm sorry. Like, I think because when Brendan Shanahan did it, he did a good job. Like he started yeah. doing those videos, which they kind of they do the videos now, but it's not George Peros. It's random voiceover guy number one that talks about it. It's like, well, this do is they stupid. do it for every suspension? Uh, I don't. I don't think every single. I one. I think it's only ones that Leaf fans are mad about. No, they actually I do think they do it for they all. They do of it for all of them. I, I do think they do. We it just for don't all pay them. attention. Mm-hmm. But when you break down, like the one thing I really don't agree with is saying that the dangerous thing is that it was a knee and he intended to knee him. I don't think he intended to. So knee what him. were all 
player safety's uh, reasons for giving him six games. Do you have that lined out? Yeah, I did. I, Let me give me two seconds. So, the, uh, so first off, it was saying that it was an intentional knee to Neil Pionk's head. They said that the, Jason Spezza lifted his left leg in intent to kneel to knee. Neil Pionk in the head. Yes, that's knee essentially what, And the Leafs disagreed. The Leafs wanted to say it wasn't kneeing, which they disagreed with. And the Leafs argued that Neil Pionk was eligible to be checked, which they actually agreed with, which is kind of the weirdest part about all this is that in the Leafs submissions and what they said on their argument was that, you know, like he did fall, but like he was he did have the puck. Technically, it was kind of dirty, but the puck was on his yeah. hand. He had, it was a weird play. He had no stick. Then they followed up with saying that the Leafs said ha- had Neil Pionk been standing and not fallen, that would have been a legal check. And then NHL player safety disagreed with that, which was very confusing. It's yeah. all very confusing. Like They took the Leafs' point and was just like not approved. But like, also, but they didn't give a good reason as to why. If you watch like, those, no. those two plays, which one is more blatantly a knee? Clearly Neil Pionk's, who's if you – you don't even have to slow it down. Watch the play. He clearly sticks his knee out. Like, it's not even close. His something whole, that he did against Mitch Marner last it year. It was also, Something that he did against Johnny Goudreau, I think, last year it, as well. It was also late. that No one's talking about that. Like, the puck would have been gone for maybe yeah. two seconds at that point. It went off of Hellebuck. The puck was in the air. Everyone was off looking at it, and he made the hit. Yeah. I don't know. Like, six games. A was, late blindside hit. Mm-hmm. Six games was kind of unbelievable to me. Spezza's like a... A NHL life? Has he been suspended before? Never I don't been suspended think so. Before. I think he got... He's never been suspended before. Was he ejected from a game when he fought Carlo Koliakovo in a third period or something maybe, like that? Maybe. That's not... Like, that's that's not, not... It's kind of funny. Thing. He fought Carlo Koliakovo. Yeah, yeah, that is funny. Because um, he thought that Koliakovo stuck him earlier in the game. Kind of funny a little But they also that. start using, like... They use the fact that Spezza was upset at the Pionk hit. Yes. Against Jason Spezza. I'm sorry. That makes no sense to me. You should be using that against the NHL referees who failed to call no, a blatant knee on knee. It's also like, okay, if you're using that, a play, you're, if you're using that as like, oh, he had motivation to go and hit him. Okay, but then why aren't we looking at the the blatant videos of Neil Pionk trying to knee Mitch Marner yeah. last year? Well, how does this become evidence and this is not? I thought we're only allowed to look at suspendable plays and take that into history. Not, oh, this could lead to... Th- like, this isn't a crime scene. Th- these are your own rules that you're just not following. Following. So, in essence, what they said... Like, it's crazy to think when you watch this video, it's crazy to match the reasons for suspension to the video. They're saying that Jason Spezza, as revenge, was angry with Neil Pionk, knew he was hitting Neil Pionk, had nothing to do with Neil Pionk defending him for a full minute straight... But knew he was hitting Neil Pionk and intentionally need him in the head. No, it's crazy. That's what player safety is saying. I'm not making up stuff. If you listen to the whole video, that's a summary of it. Jason Spezza was angry and tried to murder Neil Pionk. Is that what actually happened? No. And this is a guy with zero priors. If this was someone like Brendan Lemieux, are we kicking him out of the league? I don't know. It just, I don't know. I hate criticizing referees, but Jeff O'Neill made a great yep. point. A lot of people have made this point. It's like, if you just call even a two-minute penalty on Neil Pionk. They called nothing. There probably is no situation like this. Did you say this on mic or off mic? Eight games given out, 
and zero penalties given on oh, yeah. both of those plays. Off mic, yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Eight games, zero penalties on two plays. That's... And it seems like only Wayne, Sim- Wayne Simmons got fined. Did they give an explanation for that? Why? Because he was just like, I think defending was a, his teammates. It was, a, it was on the cross-check off the face-off, I believe, where he like looked to initiate oh, something, which is okay, yeah, that's... it's kind of weird. Like I, I don't get that. <laughs> I, I thought Pierre-Luc Dubois, after kneeing our goalie in the head and like ragdolling Matthews, would get like maybe something, a fine, but I don't know. That's the best part about watching that game. It's so frustrating. Like The ref is standing right there watching Pierre-Luc Dubois shove the best player in the world's head into the ice. And for, he does nothing about for it. Tense, does nothing. Wayne Simmons goes to fight random plug number one on Winnipeg, and, and the ref's going to risk his life getting in the way. Like, what are we he, doing here? The refs did that twice. Twice. Mm-hmm. The, the, twice against the same player. The, like, it's insane. I, I don't understand. They do it all the time. They break up fights like nothing. Okay, I understand. Maybe your motive is to have players be safer and not fight all the time, so you want to break it up. In that case, why are you letting Pierre-Luc Dubois just essentially stuff Matthew's head into the ice for 10 seconds. Yeah. And he also grabbed the back of his collar, which is like, yeah, I don't know. That's like, makes like it you, where, like, like you can say, Oh, he was trying to get his stick back. Like, but then why is his hand on his collar? It, you could break it down to this. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. No, I was just going to say like Brad Meyer also only cared about it when the stick almost hit him. I don't know if you guys saw, he was like letting it go there. Uh, the stick almost hits him. It seems like he gets pissed off, and then he blows his whistle. It's Jason it's, does not like. Brad I don't Meyer. like Brad Meyer. For those who don't know, that's the same referee who refereed Game Two of the Boston series. I think in 2019. Yeah, that was brutal. If anyone remembers that game, it's one of the toughest games in Leaf history. And at the end of the second period, Jake DeBrus clearly knees Nazem Kadri, and then at the end of the game, we know what Kadri did. He deserved to get suspended for it. I have but, a full thread of all the penalties from that game. I remember mm-hmm. it's somewhere on Twitter. And I even forgot one of them where Travis Dermott got high sticked and they yeah. didn't call it. They just they just that played no calls. It's like, what are you doing? This guy's refed a hundred a thousand three hundred and ninety eight NHL games, and he's refed eighty playoff games. the The league knows he's a bad ref, but why is he still there? I don't know. Anyways, yeah, you're a thousand regular season, then only eighty playoffs. It's like, or everyone else around him had two hundred, three hundred yeah, when you sort by that NHL. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's from scouting the rest, by the way. Just to plug them, they're a great uh, great tool. Yeah, it's a website called Scouting the Refs. The other thing is, like, I don't. I, me, Joe, and I talked about this beforehand. There's a lot of things that go into this, but like, there's no, never discipline for the referees other than Tim Peel getting caught on the microphone. And then they kind of scapegoated him. It was very weird <laughs> that that was like the one example of them being totally fine with reprimanding a referee before his literal yeah. retirement game, which was very odd co- in comparison with a lot of bad refereeing. Like, I, I don't mean to jump on the refs. I'm not. A, I'm not usually a someone who's like. The refs cost us this game, know, that yeah. game. Like refereeing is an independent variable in every sport. It's bad or to like neutral in every sport. No sport is like we have great refereeing. I don't think anyone no. thinks that. That's just the nature of sports. But I really do think hockey has kind of lost the plot with their refereeing. It's like become very inconsistent game to game, regular season to playoffs. Matthews hasn't drawn a penalty all year. How does that make sense? Like stuff like that is just. The narrative around McDavid and the calls, but like let's let's get, compare like, it to football. The the receivers that get the most pass interference calls are the best receivers in the league. Like the most holding calls are against Aaron Donald and T.J. Watt. Like those guys get calls. The highest draws in the NHL are Brady Kachuk and Michael Bunting, the biggest actors in the yeah, NHL. I, don't know, like, I hate to say it, but like true. Michael Bunting has even gone on the record to say like. Yeah, I sell. So did no, Matthews. It was Matthews, Matthews said, said it yeah. about Bunting. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. Like how? Like 
does everyone have to in the NHL have to take acting lessons now? Maybe and pretend like they've died every time a stick, every time they get slashed. And maybe that's Austin, Maybe call? that's Austin's fault because, like, I know people have been saying some stupid stuff about him on Twitter, but he's a very strong player on the puck. Like, he gets hit and hooked, he still has the puck. Like he's just really strong. So, but also to draw calls and to be that calm and to not like cheap shot yeah. someone. That's an asset to have. Mm-hmm. You have your Kyle Clifford, Wayne Simmons, Nick Ritchie's to take care of the other stuff. Like, if your best player is not, like, is restraining himself and is able to show that much discipline, like, that's a positive. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so however he gets the penalty on that play is just crazy. Stupid. Yeah. The offsetting minors. But the my, my main point is, like, is anybody in hockey happy with the way that no. the league is officiated? No, not at all. Like, yeah, I don't. Other than Gary Bettman, when Ron Ron McLean asked him in the Stanley Cup final, he kind of like oh, basically yeah. said, "We think our officiating's been really good in the playoffs." It's like, dude, come on, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. But I don't know if it's going to change. Honestly, I think a lot of people hope it changes for like even the simple reason of we're kind of past the suspension, but like. Matthews and McDavid getting more calls mm-hmm. and like rewarding the good players, but I mean McDavid just got suspended as well oh, yeah. for one game. I don't know if uh, something that was he got suspended for a game. yeah that was soft that was he got I don't but think no that he was, got kicked out of he got ejected he didn't get suspended no, so, so, there's no was early he got ejected oh, okay, early okay. but Maybe. I also don't even think he should have been ejected but for that part of the reason so why he it was a it was a penalty but yeah. mm-hmm. part of the reason why he did it though is because he got like hit cheap shot no call and he felt like he had taken to we shouldn't be leaving players feeling like that they. Should have to take stuff into their own hands. That's you're right. That's the problem. It's, and that's the problem. It's going to get dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And like, I guess maybe that that uh, this, like I don't know. Maybe that goes in the way of fighting. And if that means getting rid of fighting, then get rid of it. I don't know. But it, again, like if you're going to let guys fight, then why are we breaking up fights the instant they happen? Like what what is the purpose? Like, that's it's the so thing. Confusing. Like Wayne like, Simmons is using technically mm-hmm. in the rules the allowed way to police the game or like the allowed way to get retribution, even though it's bad, on someone else, which is to fight. But. That's not even allowed. So yeah. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the NHL is trying to change, like, well, slowly trying to shape how they referee, but it's never going to work. I, all, all the refs have been refing since the year 2000, 1999, going through scouting the refs. It's, it's unless until these guys, unfortunately, are no longer referees. I feel like we're going to have to put up with this, unfortunately. But I gotta look anyways. that up. I think I know of one that is. Uh, recent recent but we need more recent like no there, there are there are t- some that are recent there's a ton that are recent but those guys no. don't get played they don't games. get pl- they, they don't get games at oh, all yeah. some of them yeah, only have true. 14 career games the, from 2019 yeah that is true that is true and yeah like i'm sure george Peros is a really smart nice guy like i don't think anyone thinks he should be the he should player safety. and i know you're saying that brandon Shanahan, i guess was technically like a fighter when he played but he's also like a, a, a was a star he scored almost he was almost yeah. point per game well, he wasn't a fighter he fought but he, he fought. was like but george Peros has th- i'm no, sorry he, was a he had 30 points in 600 nhl games like that guy is not the guy you want to be protecting the stars of the nhl i'm well, sorry because he went to princeton so like the <laughs> idea is that he's smart which i'm sure he is smart but like a, like playing a d1 sport kind of changes the admissions for mm-hmm. people that, that is sense. true that is true but yeah I, I think the the leafs are planning to appeal i do think there's a chance that suspension gets reduced yeah i i really do based I, on I, their reasoning and such like based on their reasoning um that they outlined in that video very nicely i think it's going like the goal posts on some of their reasoning and such is like and their evidence, it's like you're moving it here, but like I think it's going to be reduced to probably four. I was gonna say four, maybe even three. Four. And yeah. the big, the biggest thing is that they appeal to Batman, and then after Batman, they'll be able to appeal it to a neutral arbit- arbit- 
arbitrator, excuse me. Um, so, Ooh. yeah, it's not it's not like a t- it's not like Batman. The NA- Batman never. Yeah, he's, he, never he's gonna just gonna that. say no and pass it on to the arbitrator probably. But but I saw Ken Campbell. He used to write for the Hockey News. Like he had a really long article, basically talking about what we said, which is like NF- NHL officiating is broken. It is. And what Matthew said that game, we're, we'll talk about it a little more. It was a gong show. It was like that third period was just that yeah. was not hockey. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, Pionk two games. Did you think that was too light? I think so. Especially with, I, I know, I don't injured. know. If, Rasmus Sandin is out for several weeks. And yeah. lucky he's only out for several mm-hmm. weeks too. Like it's, it was the ma- a matter or it was of the injury as well that, that they brought up in for this, Spezza, yeah. in and this the player safety. And what happened 15 minutes before the meeting? Concussion protocol. They yeah. announced that Neil Pionk is in concussion protocol yeah. and will not travel with the team on their two-game road trip in which he's suspended for both of those games. It's oddly convenient. Hmm. How convenient is that? Wow. Anyways, I'm seeing some names on this, like, scouting the refs, and I'm like, wow, like, some of these guys used to actually play pro hockey. That's kind Mm -hmm. of interesting. Justin Key, he was a minor leaguer. I think he played in the O. I think that's also part of the problem as well. It's like, I don't know if if those are the type of guys we want refereeing. But they have to. I guess so, yeah. Because you need to, yeah. Yeah, you have to. I mean, what are you going to take someone off the street? They don't. No, I'm sure there's a bunch there of fantastic also a female refs out there that that should be considered. Okay, for the NHL. There, and they there there have been several that mm-hmm. are refing now, but also you have to look into it. Like there is a level of relationship management between the refs and the players, mm-hmm. hate or like it or not, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, some do a better job of that than others, it seems. Yeah, yeah, but I think we've. Nailed all of this. Yeah, we're here. just happy that Rasmus Sandin is only out for two to three weeks and not not long the entire season. Yeah, yeah, so. that's that was scary. I thought that. Was, I mean, once everyone saw that, uh, luckily some some Twitter doctors were saying no, that doesn't look like an ACL, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look good. But two to three weeks, that was a sigh of relief. But mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see like how Christian Rubens, if they keep him in there, how he fills into that spot. But moving on from that, some injuries and how they affect the Leafs. Marner's out, what'd they say, three, four weeks? Yeah, three to three four, or weeks. four weeks with a shoulder Travis injury. Travis Dermott, I think, is out around two weeks mm-hmm. with a shoulder injury. And Rasmus Sandin, as we mentioned, out two to three weeks. So now this brings Timothy Lilgren in full time. This brings Justin Hole no more ambiguity as to whether he's going to play or not. He is going to play. And then the last left third D spot currently written tonight was Christian Rubens. It's kind of fun. They had a, a 2 a.m. watch party in, in Latvia for him. Oh, mm-hmm. that's really awesome. His, yeah, for his, his uh, first, for his first mm-hmm. game. And then Alex Steves, did you hear the story on that one? No. Oh, I think, his, yeah. His family was in town to watch him play with the Marlies. Oh. And then uh, they, were, they were leaving. His dad was on the plane. <laughs> And he, he called his dad. He said, Dad, I got called up to the NHL. Like, I'm, play, <laughs> I'm playing tomorrow. And so he, he had to quickly figure everything out. But they were able to uh, – he was able to get the family in tonight to, to watch him play his first game. So that was pretty cool. But with Marner out so far, he was out Minnesota, Winnipeg, Columbus. How have you sort of noticed? Have they compensated for that, especially on the power play too? No Spezza too on the power play. Wow. Two big hits there. What do you think about that? So the first, the, just the way that Spets has stepped up with in Marner's absence. I know he's going to be gone for the next couple of games, and we don't know how long he's going to be gone for. But I was really, really happy with how he stepped up on the power play in particular. He looked great, and especially against the 
the Minnesota Wild. He looked to oh take things into his, his own hands there and, and uh, almost – I know one of the goals wasn't pretty, but on the power play, he scored. I, I that think wasn't he, a power play. The it, two the, nice ones were mm-hmm. on the power play. Yeah, so he got, he got a goal and assist on the power play, right? Yes. Yeah, so he's just – yeah, he was firing on all cylinders for us, and and that's that was interesting. T- uh, today with the the, uh, the news of the suspension. Mm, sorry, no the the Col- or Columbus game. Oh yeah, uh, I thought Kosh did a pretty good job working working on the power play in front of the net. So yeah, I think our power play seems to be doing okay. Scored as, two unique goals mm-hmm. on as, it, which as, is good to see. Yeah, as long as uh, Matthews and Nylander and Tavares just keep trying to do their thing, I think we'll be we'll be okay there. The power the power play has yeah. been good this year. We're happy with it. Is it a slight to Marner to say that it's kind of a wash between him and Jason Spezza on the power play? Probably, yeah. You a think Marner's a lot better? I think Marner's a lot it's better. It's different, but it's just different. Like Spezza yeah. will look to shoot more, which means Austin Matthews probably shoots less, right? Like oh. that's the one thing you you'd think about there. Also, like the thing with Spezza is he's really good in spurts, which is good. Yeah. But then, like the second power play also didn't score for like. I don't know how many games there for a while. Yeah, like they started true. hot and then they just didn't score at all. So he is really good in spurts. And when you is. look at it, like he's not the best. I want to say at sustained zone entries. He, he when he gets the cycle going, it's good. But there are times where it's very very quick, and it's because he's coming in off the rush with not a lot of speed, and he tries to put a pass across into a dangerous area, hits a skate, goes back the other way. Like he's not the fleetest of foot. He's not the greatest. I would say at zone entries. But he has a really, really good shot still. He's still a very smart player, and his passing is still there. So that's where you – and guess what? You saw all of that come together against the Minnesota Wild there. That's a good point, actually. One thing I did notice is a couple of these power plays the last three games, they really just didn't even get the puck in at all. So that's probably a good example of somewhere where not having Mitch Marner, who's like your primary zone entry guy, makes a big difference. So maybe not as much in zone, but maybe the zone entry part will – and it's because it feeds right into what Mitch Marner's game is. He's not like Mitch Marner's a, a good skater. He doesn't play the game the fastest. He's able to slow it down a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. And when he brings it into the zone, he's able to bring it in at his own, like slow the game down to his level and make a play to an open player and create that sustained zone entry from there, which I really, really like. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he yeah. makes it in the in the tough area, which is like right at the blue line, right? Yeah, which is he's able to make that snap decision, exactly. get it to John Tavares or Matthews uh, along the wall there, and get the power play going from there. But to what Jason said, I mean, tonight with the with the Columbus game, the first power play of the game, we got a goal that was awesome. The se- <laughs> and then we had the challenge, and they got to go back on the power play. That second power play, sucked. terrible, yeah. They but gave up the so thing. many they, chances. They didn't really – once they had left the zone, they didn't get the puck back into the zone. Morgan yeah. Riley, like, had a good game tonight, but yeah, he was he just was lost awesome. on that. He, they gave up two chances in a row there. Where to he Alex just, Texier. He just didn't even cut him off going in the net, and then Texier got the puck behind the net, and him and Nylander kind of just stood at that? that. Oh, my God. They just were staring. I don't know what they happened. Got a break, he got a breakaway chance and then got the rebound and tried to put it around. On a, on a penalty kill. On a penalty kill. Yeah. That was a tough, tough look. I, I like the first. I thought that was a super soft goal by uh, by Merzlikens to let in the first. I can understand one. why it was a goalie interference challenge. Yeah, I get it because it was like, how did he let that in? If, if because it, Andre Kasha kind of touched his yeah, blocker. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't enough for it, but I it, I Hellebuk, get why Hellebuk they challenged was complaining it. about goalie interference that. afterwards in his game. I think if he were to watch that, he'd be like, hey, like, I don't know. I mean, the Leafs put up fuck. They put up five in two periods on them, but. Still, like I, I, I do feel like 
Kasha touching his blocker like that did impact him. It may that. be, but I still feel like that was more of like the optics of yeah. how bad that goal was made them challenge. You know what I mean? Like if that went top corner, I don't, I doubt they challenged, but it was like not the hardest shot. So, yeah. so the thought from their coach is probably the like, quickest, there's no quickest. way he didn't get to that puck. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, is it, was Brad Larson a goalie? Am I thinking? That's a, that's a question. I do not. I believe Bla- Brad Larson, the coach. Uh, no, he was not. That was wrong. Yes, I was wrong. I always thought he was a goalie for some reason. Maybe I'm thinking of Brad Deason. But anywho, moving on from there. But yeah, that's where we're really seeing Mitch Martin. I mean, in that first game against Minnesota, I thought Matthew's line was kind of getting having a little bit of trouble getting it going, especially with Simmons there. Uh, and that's where you really, in the first half of the game, you really missed Mitch Marner. I mean, going back to my stupid point about taking Marner off the penalty kill, you're really missing him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many penalty How many penalty kill goals have they given up yeah it's been it's been a bit of a downturn again we don't know how much that is on marner or opposing power plays against the leafs you know like it's it's always tough to judge but yeah he has been a quite a good penalty kill player so far correlation or causation there's probably probably somewhere in the middle yeah so but i mean alex kerfoot said it best he said someone asked him where they're gonna miss mitch marner most and the answer was everywhere and that's kind of what he (laughs) does for the leafs he just does like Everything he, he does, he's kind of involved in every situation of the game. Like, yeah, they need a goal. He's on. He's, he's fairly responsible. Yeah, he's fairly well, he's good. always on the ice if they have a defensive zone draw at the end of the game, right? Yeah, plays power play, There's plays penalty kill. That. So, like, it is it is gonna matter. You know, hopefully, he can get back soon. Can I do like a little like two second rant? Yeah, go ahead. When Jonas Siegel posts that video of like Mitch Marner and Jake Muzzin arguing. Without posting, posted it. Wh- whatever, that's fine. Without posting like the actual hit, I think that's just like, I get that he's a journalist and he's trying to properly cover the Leafs, but that was like you're just posting that to fish for people yeah. to like chirp. It's baiting. It was fully baiting, mm-hmm. and then everyone chirped. Him I saying, didn't see the hit. No one no saw, one the, saw hit. the hit. I that's don't think, the point. I don't think anyone recorded so, it. So, and then everyone said like, oh, like Mitch Marner's soft. Paul Marner get mad at Muzzin, and then like, unfortunately, now he's out for a month. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't make judgments like that off of a video of two guys arguing in practice, which is, like, not that uncommon. Like, in Tampa Bay, nobody takes a video of Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman arguing. That would never happen. Yeah. So, it's just, like, that's – I'm sure the Leafs probably see that and and aren't happy with it either. Like, they give this guy access all the time to, you know, watch practice, whatever. And the thing you post is, like, two guys arguing. I don't know. I I think that's a bit slimy. Yeah. Yeah, especially, yeah, if you're in the camp of, like, you're not liking that arguing, like, put yourself in Marner's shoes. He's, now that we know he's been, he's been, he's been out, he's gonna be out for three weeks, four weeks. Of course he's pissed. Like, this is practice. He shouldn't be. It's funny because, th- like, because the, the first video they posted looked like Mitch Marner was just, like, yelling yeah, at and Jake he was Muzzin. fine. He looked fine, but. Well, you never, you, you don't like, know, like, you can't tell. And all the response like, oh, Marner's off. Now that he's out for four weeks, the responses are like, oh, Muzzin, you can't hit anyone mm-hmm. in a game. You just hit guys in practice. Like, you know how this fan base yeah. is. It's just a little slimy, in my opinion. That's yeah. all. That's what fair. Was I oh, That's I had fair. a thought. Now it's gone. Damn it. Um, I can't remember it all. <laughs> but also, like, wildly escaped me. Guys getting into it at practice happened. All, they, we've seen. That's fights. what it was. That's what it we've was. We've seen full fights at practice. Like yeah. Dropping the gloves. Like that. That is literally so meaningless an argument in practice. I know. And I think even Justin Hole said it was just. It's meaningless. Think about how many practices there are. And, like, it's a physical game. Imagine you and your coworkers every day you show up to work have to go out and, like, physically interact and, like, compete against each other. Eventually, there's going to be arguments. 
I, th- I would think it, with your coworkers, probably after a week. These guys are out there for years yeah. at a time with one another, practicing and competing against each other physically. So a little argument like that, I mean, even fights in practice, I don't, unless you hear some backstory to it, like if you just see the fight and then it's like, they're going to after that, like there's, it, it's going to happen. Tempers flare. I've seen it before. Like it's it's no big deal. But that's why, in my opinion, like the no right context. before the Blues went on their run, yeah, was it, it Zach was Sanford and, and Oscar Sundqvist, I oh, believe, yeah. got I into it was a fight. Bertuzzo, maybe or it was I, probably Bertuzzo. Yeah, got into a fight. And then, but again, like I, my point is just like Jonas Siegel posting that with like no backstory. Wow. Jonas Siegel is now canceled. No, he's not canceled. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I understand what you mean. But it, it's also like a Toronto thing. Like beat writers yeah. for other teams, like go at people for chirping their teams. <laughs> Toronto beat writers are hammering the Leafs every every day, which is fine. But <laughs> they encourage it. They feel, they feel the flames. They do a bit, but but I know, I know what you mean there. Uh, in terms of the other two, Dermot and Sandine, I mean, I don't think it's as like well thought of, but like Sandine is the second best offensive defenseman on the Leafs. Yeah, that's we a have big seen loss. him used like that. Like that's he's a, big a very loss. good transition defenseman. He's the second power play defenseman there now. Jake Muzzin's in there. Like, that's a pretty big loss there. And I mean, him and Timothy Lilgren and and even him and Travis Dermott have worked very very well with one another. And the results are are there to back it up. Like they are, they do play the sheltered kind of minutes, but they're excelling in that role. So to not have to take Rasmus Sandin out and put someone else in there that brings a different dynamic that doesn't bring that offense. I mean, we'll see. I don't think it's mm. really like the biggest of big losses, but it's like, it, it, it's certainly an impactful loss. I it oh, say, it will. Sure. And I think it's going to affect our forward depth a lot more than some people might realize. Like when, cause those are the guys that Rasmus Sandin is going to be playing with the most. And we talked about this last week. He leads the league in defense in defensemen for expected goals for percentage. And I, again, you can, he does play against weaker. Uh, he does play weaker minutes compared. He doesn't play top, top line minutes, but he, he was first at time of being injured with, I think around 64% controlling expected goals. Yeah. And having that on the ice for your third and fourth line is huge. You're basically dictating all, almost all the play when he's on the ice. So we're, we're I, I think our depth is really going to be missing him this these over these coming weeks. For sure, so it's going to be tough. But for sure, I mean, when you like when you have defensemen that can't move the puck mm-hmm. up the ice, like it's tough. Hopefully, Christian Rubens is coming in now. Yeah, he's a bigger defenseman. Hopefully, he's able to cut off plays at the line. That's something that Rasmus Sandin is still working on bringing that part, you know, up to par with his game because it's not, I mean, the the, the entries against are uh, plentiful, yeah. we'll call it. So hopefully Christian Rubens can kind of step up in that sort of realm and Timothy Logren can take over in the, the transition department. But, yeah. I mean, Is there any chance Biega's in the, in the next couple of games? I don't, I don't think... Rubens was that I, I can see that for sure. I mean, more experienced defenseman, um, more of a puck moving defenseman. Yeah, so I, I can definitely see it. I don't know. It's not I'm not the biggest Christian Rubens fan yeah. in the world. I, I haven't watched him too too much though. So no, it'll definitely know. test the depth though. You're on to essentially yeah. your seventh and eighth defenseman in preseason playing uh, five six role, right? With Lilgren, it would be, and, it would be eighth and ninth defenseman. Think about it. 
because Dermot yeah, sorry. and yeah. Sandin are right. Eight and ninth defensemen, you're right. Eight and ninth defensemen we're testing now. So that's going to test the depth, even on forward, right? Like, Mikheyev hopefully comes back soon, but we saw Alex Steve step in there tonight. Kyle Clifford, who wasn't even on the team two weeks ago. It's, yeah. so, the injury bug does hit, and sometimes it hits all at once, which seems to be happening right now. But that's why, you know, you test your depth. You test the top-end skill on your team. Those guys have kind of come through. They came through tonight. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens. It's just that's just part of the game. Any sport, you're gonna have some injuries. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it was unfortunate. I mean, we were talking about trading one of Hole and Dermot a couple weeks ago because we had the luxury to do so, and now it's like now it's like uh, you have the luxury uh, of having those guys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I, I mean, you knew it was coming in some form. Yeah, yeah. They were very healthy. I mean, I was just hoping it would just the, like the injury bug was just Mikheyev and Mrazic, but Yeah. Mrazic, but that's not how uh that's not how life works. And speaking of Mrazic, he's coming back soon, so yeah. Joseph Wall will probably be assigned to the AHL soon. He had a I feel bad. He had a rough game against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Really. So, with that game, I I, I took a pretty like good look and lo- watched the goals over again and watched some of the plays like I don't think it was that bad. I know it was a six-goal game, but the Leafs' neutral zone defense was terrible. Was absolutely atrocious. And what's like what are Winnipeg's top forwards really good at? Yeah, Off rushing. the rush, quick plays like that. Like, look at all the guys that scored for Winnipeg in that game. It was all their top guys. And what it was, was it? What did I say? Three of them, or two or three of them, were on the power play there, even. Like, there was some plays. Okay, the second goal, it was a bit of a muff shot. That's not the greatest one off the rush there. Like, should kind of have that one. Um, there was one, of I think it was the Kyle Connor. Like, the release was terrific. The placement on the shot was terrific. But it was on the power play, and Joseph Wool was looking over his left shoulder. And he looked over his left shoulder for way too long, and the puck was going to his right. He didn't get his head over enough, I think, fast enough. And then the puck came out to Kyle Connor. He wasn't able to react appropriately. I feel like if he were to flip his head quicker on that play, he would have been able to react better. I mean, he's a bigger goaltender. It went over his shoulder there. But, like, I'm, I'm nitpicking, but, like, I, I do think that is accurate. He did make some big saves in that game as well. Like, he, he did make the saves in that game. It wasn't just, like, a 20-save five goal against performance. He did make some saves in there. Yeah. The defense just did really didn't, didn't help him out. And even the centers as well, the centers were way too, too deep in. And I mean, you played Winnipeg 10 times last year. They upgraded a little bit of defense, but it's like, they didn't change that much on offense. What, what the hell were you expecting? Just watch tape on last year or this year, even like it's all the same shit. Like, you know, what was going to come. And the Leafs played right into what Winnipeg wanted there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, it, it it's was, not all his fault, but when you no. give up four goals in ten minutes, it's like, how are you even going to come yeah. back from that, right? Yeah. Of any sorts. It, it, yeah, it, it was tough. I think overall, you to describe it, it's tough, but I don't think it was like, oh, Joseph Wall, that was a, that was a, that was a bad performance there. It was... Like, that's where I'm, where I'm like, okay, like, there, there are a lot of positives to take from that game, for sure. Yeah, no that doubt. game was crazy though. Like it's mm-hmm. it's hard to, when there's four games, it's hard for us to get like in depth on all of these games. But yeah. that Winnipeg game was just eight o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. Just got you jacked up. I yeah. was so mad. Oh my oh god, my that game was crazy. Like just Jason the, was going nuts at the TV. Yeah, 
There was no, one. Yeah. There was one play in the corner when Bunting got an offsetting uh, offsetting penalty with I don't know who, but the guy literally he just got like Bunting tied the guy up and he turned around and swung at him. I was like literally going nuts and it was offsetting. I just did not understand. I, I also we, like, we talked about the referee. I just didn't understand. No, but Logan Stanley like. He's not like, oh, fighting Simmons. Loser. That guy's the biggest right. Loser not ever. fighting Simmons was whatever, like ten minutes left in the period when Simmons was looking for a fight, and then the la- one of the last shifts of the game, Simmons goes to hit Morrissey. Stanley two hand hacks him before he hits Morrissey. Mm-hmm. Him and Morrissey start fighting, and then Stanley jumps in as the third man in the fight. Simmons still gets a good couple good shots in on him after disengaging from another mm-hmm. guy, and he goes off the ice like he just won the heavyweight championship, like he's Muhammad yeah. Ali. That was like. I think it was a game helmet. Honestly. What did he do that game? Also, Nothing. if you looked at Maurice when Stanley did that, he was he looked like secondhand embarrassment. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, I just want to make a note. I don't know if that's like I I was under the impression that that is a suspension. No, being well, a, the third man in into a fight. No, I, and like the GTHL, it is. Nah, is that? Well, it's just know. like but a scummy thing to do. It is. It is. But it's. I, I don't know. Anyways, but I was just gonna say that, and also the game before was it Felino hopping off the bench. Yeah, I don't, I don't that agree all... that that not that's not a, like that's see that's an example of them just playing kind of by their own rules. Yeah. Like he changed his intent was to get off the ice, and, and then, then he, he got back. Off. Just, got just because on. Kaprizov was late to to get on the ice doesn't like I don't get that. That mm-hmm. seems like fudging their own rules. Yeah, and then the difference between like Kaprizov not putting one toe on the ice is the difference between zero and ten games. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. Yep. Yeah, and then on top of that, he ran Jack Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. And his goal was complete horse shit as well. Yeah. Off the referee, str- off, straight off the referee's dick, and then he's able to get it and score. There's a lot of kerfuffle. What a nit. What, what that was a Felino game. That was, oh, ah, yeah. that was awful. We don't like the Felinos here. The no. Jets, the Jets game, just the yeah. end of the game there, like Sheldon Keefe, like just saying screw it and just double shifting your fourth line. I like that. I'm okay with it. I'm more than okay being, with that. Your fourth Absolutely. line being Kyle Clifford, Wayne Simmons. Who else was out Nick there? Ritchie. Nick Ritchie. Nick Ritchie out was there. out there. Like, and mm-hmm. Paul Maurice was going nuts too. It's like, okay, relax. Bro. That guy's a joke. No offense. He's a joke. <laughs> I, I don't understand how he's still coaching in the I NHL. Don't he's, a, he's supposed to be a defensive defensive mind coach, and this has been one of the worst defensive it's teams in the for NHL for his entire ten years. Like that team should be way better. Sorry. Yeah. Like, Without they, Connor Hellebuck, they would be. Oh, they'd be, they'd like, be in a lot Mar- of trouble. And Maurice is like screaming like an like like. Maybe. Losing his mind over Funny what roster. you you need and need a guy on our roster team. a tougher team then and and, and also like he must have lost control of his team because the, like this is the third like this like the amount of dirty stuff Winnipeg has done just in the last calendar year if you look at the Jake Evans hit if you look at even what Morrissey did two weeks ago on an empty net where he turned around yeah, and, and slashed, slashed a guy that was crazy that was insane like that that is like. It's not even gritty. That's just embarrassing to me. That is yeah. just an embarrassment. And, and then to the post game saying like. Who who was it? Was it Pierre Luc Dubois who said nothing's better than like being the whoever yeah. said it? That was Shifley. Shifley said, "Is there anything better than being the Leafs? Like, yeah, like winning a, the, in the playoffs, like the Stanley Cup. Like, that was so weird. I don't, I don't know. Maybe beating the Hurricanes like you did not do tonight. No, but yeah. even like if <laughs> they got eighteen shots on goal tonight. <laughs> Take a way. close look and watch two things. When Logan Stanley does that thing where he celebrates, and then watch when Shifley says that. There's some teammates where you could just tell her like, dude, like this is weird. Like, mm-hmm. relax. Like. No, there's a lot better things than beating the Leafs. Honestly, I think it was just for I think it stemmed from us smoking them for the majority of the season last year, and then just the, them just being bitter, bitter about it. I think that's what what it was. I don't, I don't know about that. It's just like I get that there's it's an emotional game and people say things, but like there's a lot of better. Like I don't care about any regular season game yeah. in 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 singular. Like 
Mm-hmm. Is there anything better than beating the Jets? Yeah, like let's go win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> they seem to be really into like beating the Leafs, which is good for them if you mm-hmm. need that motivation. But if that's your Stanley Cup, hey. like we're way to beat the Leafs on the second half of a back to back on a travel day where yeah. with their with third Mitch goalie. Marner and jo- and Joseph Wall in that like fantastic. Much right. better than beating the Leafs. I don't know, not getting swept by the Montreal? Canadians yeah. in the playoffs. And like honestly, even Shifley, I never looked the same off that hit to Jake Evans. Mm-hmm. That was. Like, I know playoff games are worth more than regular season, but that being four games compared to Spezza, like, Shifley was just trying to hurt Jake Evans. Yeah. There. Yeah. There's nothing. Did you see what he did in the regular season this year? Someone posted yeah. a video. I there was an it. empty net. The guy yeah. was going around to, to wrap it around. He actually went to save the puck. Yeah. yeah. Good, and, good and idea, he, man. he did save the puck, yeah. <laughs> At least he learned his lesson. Suspensions work. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty but crazy. The there. one game we didn't really talk about is Colorado, Colorado which yeah. is like a fantastic. Mm-hmm. That was. One, I love going into the, like, so there's so many. Every single game, it seems to go, like, when the Leafs are playing a new team that they haven't played, that's pretty much not from Canada, they, have, they haven't played yet. It's always, oh, this is a big test. Yeah, Let's see yeah. how the Leafs react to this one. This is a really big test here, like to kind of put the onus on the Leafs. But it's like when you come out and just like beat the crap out of Colorado. I understand it was Jonas Johansson. It wasn't Darcy Kemper in there, but like the Leafs really put the hammer down on Colorado. I don't think a different goalie would have meant a Leafs loss in that game. Mm-hmm. No, like unless you had a crazy performance, they pretty much outplayed them. Yeah, like when you leave Austin Matthews wide open in front of the net like that, I don't care. Like Darcy Kemper's not stopping that. No, he's not. I I I was at that game and I was honestly kind of shocked at how easily the Leafs cycled the puck against the Avalanche. Yeah, so brought it up. The like the Avalanche don't have the biggest defensemen. No, and so it's like when you're playing against a smaller D men, it's tougher for them to interrupt plays. Right, like I'm not saying get a big lug that just goes out there and blocks shots. Like you do need a functional, a functional bigger defenseman out there. Like even like someone like T.J. Brody, really good with his yeah. stick, really good at interrupting plays. You need someone like that that's going to be able to block shots, interrupt plays, but also be able to move the puck back up the ice right there. That's like you're not going to be able to easily enter the zone and do whatever you want. Like this is the NHL when you have your like elite talent like Austin Matthews, if you give them time and space, they're not like they're they might beat you, they may beat your goalie with a shot, but they could also dish it to a teammate and then make a play from there, right? So when you don't have that in your lineup, it's uh it's tough. And I mean their only big guy is Curtis McDermott, and he's been one of the worst defensemen in the league yeah. this year. Their third even their third pairing, the Johnson and Johnson pairing, like it's not good. Like that's mm-hmm. not. I think definitely think they're in the market for a defenseman. Yeah. But I, I get it though because like they have and so not many a Patrick young. Nemeth. They got Patrick Nemeth no. last year. He was their worst defenseman. They have so many young defense. Like Bowen Byram is going to be really good, oh, but he's yeah. still young. He's been battling injuries. Like Kel McCarr is a fantastic offensive weapon, but like he's not really doing much in the defensive zone in terms of breaking up yeah. the cycle. And I also think again. Nobody realized how good the Leafs are at cycling mm-hmm. the puck. Like the Leafs I, are really good at cycling the puck. Yeah. yeah. I, I, want, those top I was hard on them earlier in the year saying that they should avoid playing this low cycle that they were doing, but they've grown into like a very strong physical forechecking team, which is the type of team you want to, to, to play if you want to go long into the playoffs, right? Like you want like you want to be like that. And I think Sheldon Keefe has done a good job really changing almost the philosophy of this, this team and how they forecheck. Because I, I haven't seen them forecheck like this 
I didn't see it last year, at least. I, I don't remember them ever playing this hard. And I was critical of it early on in the season, but I think they've done really well in doing it, and they're kind of all buying in, it looks like. And I, I, I don't know. Um, the Leafs are – yeah, they look good. They do. Also, they're like, not. I know he, he still is obviously in the NHL, but, like, the, giving up that goal to Pierre Engvall off the rush for nah. – that was, like – Pierre Engvall's got a hard shot. Oh, dude, that was that was – Jonas Johansson. That was a that was a rough performance by him. <laughs> Eight goals. So apparently though it was um Jed Alexander or yeah, I think that's his name. Jed Alexander, the U of T goalie, didn't back up for the the Avalanche because they were able to get their AHL goalie to the game like after the first period. Yeah, there's been some crazy like e bug goalie situations in the NHL to a point where like I think they might actually like have a designated emergency goalie roster spot halfway through the season. I don't know if they're going to do it, but it's, they're going to discuss it for sure. Well, I mean, Tuka Rask is the e-bug for, for, for the Bruins. Which is, <laughs> do I pick him up in fantasy? Yeah, That's I, I, like, I don't know. I think so. I think they're, they're looking. Because they're all str- Mark is struggling a bit, isn't he? Yeah, he's not been good. When the date to sign him be like within the next week or so? Isn't there like a, isn't there like a certain cutoff? I think it's like with Nylander. I think it's. Uh, oh, remember, remember how Nylander had to sign. I Maybe that's only no for idea. RFAs, but yeah, I think it might be RFAs, but it was weird though with Colorado as well. I was I was watching one of the games, and Kemper started. He gave up a goal because his blade fell off, and then like he just didn't play the rest of the game. It was it was really strange. I don't know what the heck's going on there, but they're goalies. But the other thing about Colorado is like their depth is not as good as it was mm-hmm. last year. Like not even close. No, I still like Grigorenko, but like. I, I, I want to pull up the guys they had in their fourth. Like I didn't even know who these guys were on their fourth line, and like. I get, like, Jonas Donskoy going to, like, he's not the biggest loss, but that's a guy who's, like, on most teams' top six that was in their bottom six, right? Yeah. And then, uh, what's the guy? He's on uh, He's on Tampa Bay now. Pierre. Pierre is a really strong defensive fourth-line center, yeah. right? And they lose that as well. So yeah. I noticed with him taking face-offs. So, you know how, like, it's advantageous to you to have your, your curve facing yourself? He'll actually, like, switch hands. And then take the face off that way so that, like, he's a he's a left-handed player, but he'll hold the stick like oh, a right. Oh, really? I believe. I might be. Uh, you I might be right. I remember seeing somebody do that. But, like, I, he holds the stick like a righty to scoop it back. Like, I thought that was just a, a veteran move right there by him. But it, it, The other thing is, like, looking at the guys that they're using in their bottom six, right? This is just of the most recent game. So, like, Darren Helm, for example. Like, no offense to Darren. He's 35 years old. Yeah, that's a tough. Th- this one. guy, do you know who Jason? He was dash too. Do you know who Jason Megna is? I believe he played on the Penguins at one point. I probably the Wild. I want to say and he's, I know who he is, but he's like an AHL he's level. He's thirty one. Like what? You know what I mean? It's almost oh, like it Colorado, Vancouver, and then Pittsburgh before that. And then oh, Nicholas Obel Kubel, who is like a he younger was a waiver guy, pickup. I believe ex- he was Philadelphia, right? Yeah. So it's most of, other than Tyson Jost and Alex Newhook, who are your centers. It, it's, it doesn't look great for them. It really doesn't. I know JT Comfort, I believe, is injured. So that's another guy they add to their bottom six. But I don't know. It just set, Watching that game, there's nobody threatening mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of their top four players, really. Yeah. They're still doing all right this year. I mean, yeah, they're well, a good they, team, but it's have, like... They have a, the best defenseman in the league. They have one of the best forwards, 
forward lines in the league, one of the best second lines. But, but you also have to look at, like, when you get to the play, I, I don't mean, oh, playoff hockey. They don't play playoff. But, like, when you look at the playoffs and you have to play that chess-type game, yeah. and you, you have to look at the line matchups really specifically, especially, especially when you're on the road. Like, are they going to get beat that way like they did with Vegas? Well, that, this is, the point is, like, this is the thing that the Leafs have been getting killed for yeah. for years. It's like the Leafs' depth looks pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. I mean... To yeah. me, it does compared to the. To well, the you want to hear something funny? You know how I brought up last week uh, Austin Matthews zone entries? Yeah. Or, sorry, uh, zone starts? Yeah, yeah. Against Colorado, I believe this, this, the split for him was three offensive, 10 defensive. Ah, you kind of. Actually, but I did. I was at the game. I pointed out to you guys, like, without Kasha with comp, and it was more of a. Let me pull up the exact line here. The, the, the comp line that night was Engvall, comp, Joey Anderson. Yeah. And that is not an ideal checking line against McKinnon, but you give credit to Sheldon Keefe. In the third period, he used that line more, but it was a blowout. Like he was just matching Matthews with McKinnon. I think mm-hmm. he was also using John JT, yeah, yeah, which I love. I think that's a fantastic. So was, yeah, I, I I did notice that. And then like they were splitting. It was it was interesting because he was line matching, but it was like Tavares. It was it was Matthews. It, it, they were using the top two lines against their top two lines. So it wasn't specific like 1v1, yeah. 2v2. It was 1v1, okay, then 1v2, and then 1v... Like, they were matching it that sort of way. Top against top, top end against top end. Just a good right? adjustment, in my opinion. Right? Yeah, which the, the Leafs have been doing much, much, much better this year. And it's been... And, I mean, it's paved the way for Austin Matthews to, you know, excel so to speak, right? Absolutely. So hopefully they keep doing this in the playoffs. And I, I, I can almost guarantee uh, that they will. Also, I forgot. they did. The Avs did sign Ryan Murray, but like that's not – he's a play Where break. Is he? He's injured. But, again, I think <laughs> I still think they're going to want to – Utterly I, shocking I anticipate that Ryan Murray them is injured. Probably making a move to upgrade their top four, probably to play with Sam Girard and then yeah. having Byram and Murray as their third pairing. But that's he's far in the future. Six one, yeah, he's a good defensive player. Um, but yeah, he's he's been injured since November twenty seventh, so right before that Leafs game mm-hmm. too. Interesting. Uh, I wanted to go over a little bit of uh, Jack Campbell's week. Uh, I know the the numbers probably aren't the greatest kind of thing, but just lo- going back in my head and looking at the goals. Okay, he gave up three against Colorado. He gave up three against Minnesota, and then one in the shootout there. He gave up four tonight. When you look at the goals, oh my God, are they just ugly, stupid goals that are like, just this is not a concern to Jack Campbell's play. Like I, I'm sure he's he'd be frustrated if he had to, if he had to actually care about the numbers and be like, oh my God, like I'm getting slaughtered on Nazem Kadri from his knees putting one in, uh, one going off the ref's dick and then Marcus Foligno putting it in, a tip that goes off the post, wide open net goes in, oh. one off of Justin Hole mm-hmm. and in. And then tonight, like, there was a, a, the, the two-on-one where Alex Steves was defending it. The flub shot that kind of just, like, catches a weird area on Campbell and then is able to go in. 0.5 seconds left, Max Domi scores a goal. So I wouldn't look at Jack Campbell's numbers at all from this week. I still think he was solid. He made some great saves in every single game. But it's like, when you look at the goals, it's like, shit, these are ugly <laughs> yeah but i agree and then the one thing i jason i don't know if you agree with this he's still making out so many high danger saves, oh, yeah. which is really good to like keep watching because if he oh, can yeah. keep doing that there's no regression no, okay, mm. i'm not gonna say yeah. that 
No. Yeah, knock on one. But that's a good indicator of him continuing his good play. Yeah. yeah exactly. And honestly, I'll take those crappy goals if that means we can get like a little bit of a lower cap number next and year. And it's still... It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. But it's still a lot of chances where it's... Like, we actually saw him make some good cross-crease saves. Some massive cross-crease saves, especially tonight. But a lot, the majority of the chances, he's not getting a lot of those cross-crease plays. He's not even getting where it's like... On the uh, you, you remember the uh, the Nylander goal tonight. It's not even like going across the ice from Matthews to Nylander like that. It's a lot of one guy, one-on-one Jack Campbell versus the shooter, where he's able to focus on the shooter, challenge the shooter, and then 1v1, and he's he's coming up big every single time. Yep, almost. consistently making those 1v1 saves, which is really good. Exactly, exactly. Uh, we want to get into some vanilla player of the week. Do we have any stat surfing? I just have one little yeah, fun stat. I just uh, this is this is more of a fun stat for the pod than like an interesting stat. I don't know if you guys have any interesting stats, but seven in seven, that is how many goals in how many games that Matthews has since the Meat Mountain bet. No, he has ten goals in seven games. Is it yeah. ten in seven? Well, he scored in every single one he of those games, in including every a hat trick and a two. Oh, sorry. Game. Yeah, you're right. Oh my gosh, I was looking at five on five. No, my he bad. has he no. has seven five on yeah. five goals. <laughs> Probably he, he's, he's on a seven game goal streak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's a, just funny because that stupid seven thing that was going around, goals. like, oh, can Matthews not score on five on five? Seven five on he's five. Goals. Seven games sorry. in a row with a five on five goal. I love how they bring so. up the diversity. Like it's not something we saw last year. Mm-hmm. After that wrist injury, he was out for a little bit. After that like he, he didn't score for like four games and then after that it was all tips like all plays in front of the net you still won the rocket richard trophy like yeah <laughs> this guy is a goal scorer yeah well also it's not like realistic to assume every goal is like him on the half yeah. wall going bar down like like exactly. the winnipeg goal which he did do which is nasty but like that's you're like you said it's a goal scorer. against colorado he did that's a and goal he did do that again tonight you're right that's a goal scorer though you know what i mean like that's yeah. a guy who He's in the right place at the right time. That's just that sixth sense to know, like, oh, Bunting's got the puck right beside the net. I'm going straight to the net. I don't, I don't know. It's, Bunting's not in the best spot, and then Bunting makes it through the legs pass, and yeah. he just pokes in the net. Or Marner has the puck in the in the corner. Like we've been cycling, but I kind of see an opportunity here. Let me just curl to the net and trust Mitch Marner finds me against Colorado. Puts it through the defense. Yeah, that was a great gift too, where Marner's like watching the replay. And he's like, ooh, that was oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good stat. The other stat I was going to say is like no penalties drawn for Austin Matthews. It's like no none at five on five. At five, yeah, but that's essentially like yeah. Um, we have seven goals in the last four games for Austin Matthews, nine points, and then Morgan Riley big four point night. He almost had five, which would have yeah. been they were t- saying it was the been the first player in basically fifty years for the Leafs. Forty Salming. First defenseman since Boris Salming, which what would be great. What else was it? 73 goals in, the, in Austin Matthews' last 82 yeah, home games. Yeah, that was crazy. 73 goals. That was crazy. Leafs are kind of turning into a really good home team right now, which is good to see. I believe they're 11, something like that, or 10-2-1, 10-3-1, which is good. Keep up the noise in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. One of the losses I was there. My only game of the year. I've Lance got. is 6-0. and oh. Wow. He keeps posting that. Screw him. I don't care. Um, <laughs> anyways. Uh, so let's get into some vanilla and favorite. Uh, Jaden Sav fourteen said Matthews for both. I I guess because he didn't fight back. Maybe I don't know. He's nine points in four games. We're not so putting him on the vanilla. Sorry, I'm ve- I'm using my one third share in this recording to veto that. Uh, Jesse Austin said whole van- whole vanilla Matthews Simmons Bunting favorite. Yeah, I, I mean it's a good one. Uh, Mikey, Michael Impey said favorite bunting, vanilla kasha. 
Yeah, you know what? I, I don't hate it. He hasn't been as maybe as noticeable, especially offensively. So, yeah, hasn't done too too much. And two points in his last three games, he, but oh, the worst forward on our team and expected goals for percentage over the yeah. last four games. So, is Kasha? Caution is Impia an, an, an analytics guy? I don't know. Maybe I, he is without even realizing. But so maybe yeah. that's it. Who knows? I gotta ask him about that. Um, ben Stinky. I hope I. Ban T Stinky. Ban Stinky. Um, Spets are probably my favorite most weeks. Yep. Most yeah. weeks, yeah. I this mean, week in particular for me, at least. He took over the wild game. Mm-hmm. He took over that game. Yeah. That was yeah. the only reason we got a point. Mm-hmm. Him and Matthews, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, he was he was awesome. And then to show that heart in the Winnipeg game, oh, yeah. I, I understand he need Neil Payonk in the head. I don't care. I'll, I, I'm okay with it. Don't put yourself <laughs> no, Don't put yourself in that position. Simple as that. Like The thing about Spets, too, it's like, I agree. He's good all the time, but it's so street. You look at his points. Oh, yeah, it is. I street. think I'm trying to look at it, doing the math right now. There's a 12 game stretch where he just had two assists. Like yeah. he's a fourth line player, but that's almost why. That's almost the beauty of him. It's like it's just added value. It's like cherry on top when he can have mm. these spurts. 750. Yeah, that's great. That's it. And he's gonna probably keep doing it until he doesn't want it, right? Yeah. Andrew Cheetah said favorite Matthews vanilla muzzin. I mean, interesting to bring up. Muzzin had Timothy Lilgren as a pair, right, against mm-hmm. Winnipeg. Muzzin, I mean, when you look at a lot of the goals and chances against, it's Timothy Lilgren by himself back there. Yeah. Where's Jake Muzzin? You got to read you, you got to read the situations better in that case. I thought he was all, all right this week. I thought he had him and Hole had their best game of the year. Yeah. He he actually played pretty strong this week yeah. in like expected goals. Like I I know it might have been might might be skewed a bit from the past four games specifically from the Colorado game, but I think he's the highest. No, no, sorry, Morgan Riley is the, the highest defenseman, but then second highest would be Jake Muzzin. Expected goals for percentage. Which game did you one. think? Sorry, was the best the Colorado game? Well, tonight I thought they oh, were. Tonight they were good. Yeah, too. tonight mm-hmm. they were solid. And then Colorado, they had solid results. I think Justin Hall more than a few times struggled to get the puck out, and I think there was the same. Mm-hmm. Ah, we'll just pick a game. You can probably That's find out. a minute stretch of him yeah. just flubbing it, but. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Honestly, yeah. this is a galaxy brain thing to think, but he just changed sticks this year. He changed it. To, he's using Jason Spezza's Did he get a crazy new pair of hands stick. too? <laughs> I guess so. I is he know. playing just, a different hey, sport? You know what? Just, no. just throwing that Did he go there. to rosé sauce instead of red sauce for yeah. the game? And then Jen Squisato said, pile on hole. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> hole in the running again. Damn, this guy can't catch a break. No it Nick is- Ritchie, eh? No, you, Nick you, Ritchie. You put one in the back of the net. So I, I just want to say one thing about Nick I think Nick he's got Ritchie. five points in his last six games. One of them was the Minnesota one. Jason Spezza's first goal. He got a primary on that. Mm-hmm. And we all know what happened on that one. So pass it to Jason Spezza behind the net. Jason Spezza somehow put it in. So I don't know how contribute. Hey, he just passed noted goal scorer David Kampf in points. So you got to give him some Ooh. credit for that. And he Two. has more goals than uh, Blake Wheeler. Oh, it, uh, for me, he saved himself this week by scoring a goal because he would by far and away be a vanilla for me, especially since, like, you're not, like, last game, you're not scoring. You're not really d- providing much. The like, Winnipeg game was tough. That's the perfect game for him to get into a fight. Like, let's see that. I, I, I think he tried, but did even, he? like... Nobody even, wanted to fight on Winnipeg. Even the perfect game to, like, maybe just make a good four-check impact. Mm-hmm. Like, you're down 5-1, like, do something. Hit someone, like, but I really, something, yeah. I'm going to really try to stay positive on Nick yeah. 
Congrats too. on the first goal, Tim. Congrats on the first goal. But yeah, the three percent expected goals for three point one one percent against Winnipeg. And then the bad change, which I don't even know if he gets credited for. I have to check that. that was the, on the second goal, that was the worst change I've ever that was the laziest worst change I've ever seen in my life. Um but take out the Winnipeg game, I, I don't know. He was he was okay this week. He was not bad. Scored his first goal. Oh boy. You think it's the Colorado game? In the Colorado game, everyone was trying really, to get him for him. I know. Really pushing for him. <laughs> well, did you see how excited Kasha was that he scored oh, that? He gosh. was like, but that's like, his boy. That's also his boy. So, like, that makes sense. But, like, everyone was pushing pretty hard. And it's like, when you, in the grand scheme of things, when you look at it, it's like, how much are we paying this guy? I know. And we're trying to <laughs> hand him the goal. Like, it's his first We brought goal. him in to score I goals know. because he scored 15 last year. And we can't, we can't get, we can't rally our team for him to score in an eight three game. You, so it's kind of funny when you yeah, look at it that it's hilarious, way. Hilarious, honestly. But you, hopefully the floodgates have opened. Do now. you think they're kind of run with him now with Conf and Kasha? Keep going with that line when those guys are all healthy. I still don't like that line, honestly. No, it's I don't think good. Richie's the the guy. Mikhaya might be the guy. I think he's. Yeah. I think he's going to be the guy, or we'll see them make a move for someone. We'll see. We'll That's see there. Line. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't love him on the third line. The results have not not been there. How about Max Domi on the third line? Unrestricted free agent. I know. They were talking about it a bit today at, during the game. He's a UFA. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I think that would be smart for them. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just about to get into like the trade talk season. Yeah, right yeah. around the World Juniors. After that, whatever trade freeze they have in the, in the league. Yeah. That's an old pickup. Kevin Fiala is actually, like, just speaking on him because they played the Wild. Kaprizov is incredible, but Kevin Fiala is in the category with Nick Ritchie of lots of chances for, and just he has one goal this year. No, crazy. He has three goals, I thought. Uh, one goal at five on five. Oh, on five, five on five. Sorry. Yeah, I believe at five on five, yeah, he has one right, goal. Yeah. Like, that's, that's insane. Like, something's got to drop. He's way too good. Yeah, he is. To have one goal at five on five, to have the same amount of goals as Nick Ritchie. Well, one more than Blake Wheeler, so that's awesome. <laughs> and he had the longest thousand game ceremony I've ever seen to start a game. It was like twenty minutes. Yeah, that's what I had a game at seven forty five. I had to watch I watched the Winnipeg game afterwards, but um I had a game at seven forty five and like I only missed like half the game. It literally was the same it ended at the same time as the football game, which a football <laughs> game is way longer than the Leafs game, but they yeah. get like every single player that he's ever played with to send. They a essentially video. did, yes, but it's nice, good for him. Yeah, really good career, honestly. Very underrated player. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Noted Atlanta Thrasher and Boston Bruin way back when. And uh, Phoenix Coyote draft pick. True. <laughs> Suck it. Um, anything else you guys got? Who are we gonna nom for these vanilla and favorite? I think Matthews and Bunting is probably a good one. Yeah, I think that's fair. Bunting Matthews also passed Zach Hyman in points today. Just saying. Not bad. At five on five or total? Total. A couple. Oh, I think he's. I think he's pretty far ahead at five on five, actually. Okay. So Matthews Bunting. I like Bun- that one. Bunting. No, is, I would like to know. Oh, he's more. way ahead. He's second I would like in to the note team, that Morgan Riley. We're points. starting to see. We're starting to see a lot more playoff like Morgan Riley. A lot more reserved. Less doidoy plays in the neutral zone and at the, the at the the opposing blue lines there, and also chipping in offensively. And I mean, got to give him credit. We we trashed him at. On the power play, his power play got a couple assists there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good transition. Honestly doing plays, a better job just getting up. the shot through. Yeah. Just, like, don't push, like, don't force it. You're a good player. 
Just use your assets when you can. We even saw, I even saw, to close it out, my last thought, I even saw one play today where he was up in the rush and like the the, the forward was kind of looking for him. It would have been a dangerous play. And Morgan Riley curled around and went back and played defense. That's good to see. Didn't, oh, didn't open him, didn't try to force the play. Just went, nope, I'm pulling back. All right. Yeah. Been playing, been playing well lately. That sure. that pairing was has been was have been really good the past yeah, couple. Yeah, TJ Brody's in really that good. in that he's range right Like you don't even realize he's on the team because mm-hmm. he's, he's just so solid. Like presenting preventing chances. Oh yeah, he's a horse back there. I love him. But yeah, Matthews Bunting, and then who do we do for? I'm going to throw up caution comp for Vanilla. Caution, caution comp. I feel like that that line was not good the past four games. Just okay. simple as that. I think Hall's got to be in there again. Or is that too much on Hall and Kasha? Hall? Well, here's the, the the thing with Hall is that he just I mean, had his best game. Yeah, the, the, like he, this week he's it's crazy because he has like three bad games and then one really 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 good one that just drags up the results. Yeah, yeah, and skews them. I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe I Hall. think Hall and Kasha. Yeah, that's fair. Right. We should do a Kasha and NHL player safety. I wonder who would win that one. Can we just do player safety? Yeah, let's just do, yeah, player, let's do safety. player safety. And the refs. Player safety and the refs. Player safety versus Brad Meyer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, do that. Let's do, do that. that. Let's do that. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go, Leafs, go.